every crisis is an opportunity. Dr. Achina Stein. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her brilliant health radio, where holistic women's health expert and board certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. When crisis happens, do you think, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is the end of the world. It's the worst thing ever. Or have you lived long enough on the planet to realize that really there's a pearl and a gift inside every crisis? Well, Hopefully you have. I certainly have. And when crisis happens, I actually now start looking for the pearls, like with the current coronavirus situation. What are some pearls that you've gotten out of the situation? Like I've developed a love of tennis that I never had. Who knew, right? Wouldn't have happened without the coronavirus to slow me down and make me look for different options. So my guest today, Dr. Achina Stein, really had a huge crisis that we're going to talk about. When she found her 10-year-old son becoming suicidal, she found him. So imagine going into a room and seeing your 10-year-old son standing on a ledge of a fifth floor window ready to jump, right? Would that terrify you? Well, that's what happened to her. And so although she was a board-certified psychiatrist for over 25 years, this really changed the trajectory of her professional life. She had been trained in the find the pill for the ill mentality that is mainstream medicine, that is psychiatry, right? And if you've been in the mental health field as a patient, you know that this is the case. Most psychiatrists just prescribe medications. They don't do therapy or talk to you. And this affects 60 million Americans. One in four people has a mental health issue. This is a huge issue. And if you're not affected, then you probably know someone who is and have a loved one who is possibly affected. So this really transformed the way she thought about mental health and set her on a journey where she learned about what actually causes depression, what actually causes anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar, all of the things that we suffer in as a community. And she started looking at the root causes and resolving the root causes and really started taking a functional medicine approach to mental health because your mental health is no different from the rest of your body. You're going to love our conversation today. She has a wonderful book. It's called, What If It's Not Depression? Your Guide to Finding Answers and Solutions. And she has a healthy self boot camp that she does with people to help them implement the strategies that she talks about in her book. So you're definitely going to want to listen up. I talk a little bit about my story in the beginning. At one point, I had suffered with depression for many, many years and anxiety I was actually on an antidepressant for 30 years. And at one point, it was so bad when I weighed my heaviest 243 that I was on five psychoactive medications at the same time. And my psychiatrist told me, you'll never get off of these. You're going to be on these for life. But when I discovered functional medicine, I not only lost the weight and got my energy and my hair and my sex drive back, but also I no longer was depressed or anxious. And I got off all the medications and I've been off of them now for years. 
So there's always a cause to mental health problems. Everything that's causing any health problem in your body is related, right? So if you've got acne and you also have depression, they're related. If you've got hot flashes and you've got toenail fungus and irritable bowel, they're related. If you've got anxiety and you're also suffering with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, they are related. So everything, every symptom in your body is related to every other symptom. I know that we doctors make you think that they're not, and we send you to the gastroenterologist because you have irritable bowel, and we send you to the psychiatrist because you have depression, and we send you to the gynecologist because you have fibroids, and we act like none of these things are related because we don't know any better because that's what we were taught. But what I'm telling you now is that they're all related. So if you know someone with a mental health issue, anxiety, depression, bipolar, whatever it is, and you have been stuck on a pill and it's really not the answer, or you're having negative side effects, then you definitely want to listen up to Dr. Achina Stein. I've already really done her introduction because I've told you everything about her. So we're going to get right to it and welcome her to her Brilliant Health Revolution. Welcome, Achina. It is so great to have you here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk with you because this actually, mental health has been a part of my story as well. So not only did I lose 100 pounds and heal myself from fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, but I also had depression and anxiety and at one point was on five psychoactive medications and I was told by my doctor, you're going to be on these forever. And I thought this just can't be so. So I have been, quote unquote, victim of the mental health system. And now I'm not on any psychoactive medications and I'm happier than I've ever been. Oh, congratulations. That is fantastic. And this really, I think, should be everyone's story. So what is up with our mental health system right now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a huge loaded question. There's so many things things wrong with the mental health system. Oh, wow. Where do I even start? There's, it's even just having a basic understanding about how we diagnose and looking at the history of how that even came about. Um, there was a point where it was actually determined to take the idea of looking at root causes of mental illness out of the DSM oh. <laughs> and only defining what a mental illness is based on a cluster of symptoms. And so a diagnosis is only about having a certain cluster of symptoms and then being given that diagnosis through an evaluation. It's very cookbookish in a sense, and then matching a treatment to that diagnosis. And so, you know, there are a lot of people who actually complain about, well, this time I was given major depression, and then the next time I was given bipolar, and the next time I was given schizoaffective, and then I was told I was borderline, you know, which one is it, right? And the problem is, is that you can't just put a human being who's very complex physiologically, psychologically, spiritually, has preferences and has their character into a little box, <laughs> you know? And so because you might present 
differently in a different time doesn't mean you just jump to a different box. You know, what comes between those boxes, right? What, who is that person between those boxes? And that's where, I mean, that's just one point. So you've got, now you're going to get me on a soapbox (laughs) on and on about this, but that's just one piece of the problem. And so, you know, a lot of times diagnoses are provided in one session and people are, you know, looked at in a cross-sectional view and not really looked at on multiple different layers. There's people are, like I said, people are very complex and you want to look at every part of a person and across time from beginning to end and have multiple conversations in the same way that you would put a puzzle together, a jigsaw puzzle together. And as you're putting it together, you're seeing what the picture is as you're putting those pieces together. And that to me is more constructive and productive and trying to figure out what the cause of those symptoms are as opposed to just matching a pill to an ill or just doing psychotherapy. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I think there's a place for those things. Absolutely. Especially people who are in crisis, people who are, you know, in in an acute emergency or really can't function at all. You know, there's absolutely a place for things like ECT and TMS and medications. But I think you have to use, there's also other options that are available And that's the kind of work that I do. Right. So somebody listening, everybody knows someone who has depression or anxiety or some other mental health issue because one in four of us do or they have it themselves. And if you seek traditional treatment, the problem is that it's just like the rest of healthcare, where it's symptom management and it's not about treating the cause. And what is the problem with SSRIs and antidepressants and anti-anxiolytics, anti-anxiety medicines? What is the problem? problem with treating this. I I forget the exact numbers. You probably are aware of them of people who are on antidepressants. And I've heard it's such a high level that it's now in our water supply. And we're essentially all on SSRIs because it's not filtered out in most municipal water filtration systems. So can you help us understand that better? It basically manipulates neurotransmitters. It's just providing rebalancing of neurotransmitters. But the problem is, is that we don't know how neurotransmitters on an individual level for an individual person is imbalanced. And it's not just an imbalance of neurotransmitters that's the problem. I mean, the chemical imbalance theory has been was a hypothesis that has been disproven at this point. And when people say, oh, it's just a chemical imbalance, that's not the case. But you're basically manipulating neurotransmitters and we don't really know how they work. And it works for a small percentage of people. And and if, if it works for you, great. But for the majority of people, those medications tend to poop out or they only work partially. They only have to work 50% in order for it to be considered a success. And a lot of people have side effects that they tolerate or they have intolerable side effects. So there's a variety of reasons why people don't do well on medications. And for the most part, most people don't do well on medications. They either have partial results and or side effects 
or no results and lots of side effects. So it's, there's a very small percentage of people who do well on it. And even then, after some time, it poops out and it has to be changed or increased and increased more. And then the second medication added, the third medication added. And then sometimes the medications then creates their own problems that you then don't know if it's actually part of the illness or if it's creating its own another aspect of it. So there are some medications like antidepressants that can actually trigger a manic episode. So is this really an unmasked bipolar or did it actually cause this manic episode creating? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so really complicated. (laughs) And so if somebody, you know, I've, it's my understanding that SSRIs apparently don't perform much better than placebo. Is that correct? You know, it depends on the population. Mm -hmm. And I know that children and adolescents, definitely placebo for many, many years has worked better than antidepressants. And it took a lot of studies to finally show that antidepressants did a tiny bit better, that it was FDA approved in order for it to be marketed towards children. But, you know, you wonder how much of that data was manipulated, right? It's hard to know in terms of if these are, if this is good research to prove that. But yeah, there has been studies that show that did show that there are a number of things that are just as good as antidepressants or better. Exercise is has been shown to be equal to antidepressants besides placebo. So there's a, been a variety of studies. And ultimately, you have to look at who is supporting and paying for that study to be done. And if it's the pharmaceutical company, then you have to think twice about obviously them being biased. So there aren't very many studies that are provi- that are paid for by a, an organization to prove consistently over and over again that placebo is better than the antidepressants because who's going to pay for those kinds of studies, you know? So there has to, we need more and more of those types of studies. Right. Ultimately, it is looking at a variety of things. It's looking at depression and anxiety is not being a symptom or a cluster of symptoms and matching a pill to an ill. I mean, they can work for you temporarily downstream while you're looking upstream for causes. So, you know, there, like I said, there is a place for antidepressants. I still do prescribe them because ultimately, if you're looking upstream to look at causes, you still need to be able to have the energy and the motivation and to be able to address your diet, address your lifestyle, to learn how to do stress-reducing habits, to learn those kinds of things. That takes energy and motivation. And so if you're so depressed, that you can't even do those things, then you may want to try an antidepressant or try supplements that do similar effects as antidepressants. Um, There are a variety of the point of all of this in my book is that there are so many other things that you can do aside from taking antidepressant. And that was the reason why I wrote the book that I wrote, which is called What If It's Not 
depression is to let the public know that it's not just two options <laughs> or three options, medications and psychotherapy, and maybe if it's really, really bad, ECT and TMS, which is type of uh, treatment that's provided on an inpatient unit. Right. So I did want to ask you, if someone's listening and say they're suffering with depression, they're on an antidepressant, and maybe they're not aware, maybe I think that most people's perception is that depression is something that just comes upon them and that they has nothing to do with their lifestyle or anything else and that the treatment is a drug. So can you help people understand how their lifestyle and toxins and stress and hormones and foods and things are involved with their mental health? So your brain is connected to your gut and 80% of your immune system is made in your gut. And 80% of your, your neurotransmitters are also made in your gut. So if your gut is, if you're having gut issues or gut problems, then that can affect your brain and cause depression. So the primary cause is inflammation. And if anyone's ever had the flu, most people who have the flu feel miserable. And even if they thought about it, they even feel anxious and depressed because they have inflammation in their body. And that inflammation does also affect your brain because your head is connected to your body. Uh, so many times people seem to look at the, the brain and the mind as completely separate from the body, but it's connected. And anything that affects your body is also going to affect your your brain and, and as well as the way you think about things. So it's almost like when you have inflammation in your brain, you're, it's, it, it does change the filter of how you see the world and how you feel as well. So inflammation can be caused by a number of factors, foods, infections, toxins, and stress. And those foods tend to be, especially in our country, highly inflammatory are grains, in particular gluten. And because our cows are fed grains, it's dairy. There's a lot of cross-reactivity between gluten and dairy. Those are the top two. There are others. But generally, the standard American diet is a highly inflammatory diet. And so foods can be poison. And foods can also heal. So just by changing your diet, you can reduce inflammation in your body and provide all of the nutrients that your body needs in order to fight inflammation and support your immune system. So foods are definitely a big part of it. Looking at inflammation caused by gut infections, chronic infections, your microbiome is a major part of your immune system. And so if your microbiome is off, that is basically the microbial community in your body, on your body. And when, your, when the ecology of your body is healthy, then your immune system is going to be healthy. And so there's lots of things that can interfere in that, being healthy, primarily antibiotics, Food is one of them, actually. If you're not feeding your microbiome healthy foods, then it's not going to be healthy and grow in a healthy manner. But aside from that, you want to, I mean, there are medications that can affect your microbiome. 
Antibiotics is a big one. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can affect your microbiome. Proton pump inhibitors and anything that reduces acid can, it actually, when you reduce acid, it takes away a layer of protection because acid actually sterilizes the food that you eat when you eat it. And so when you re reduce or remove that layer, it actually can cause more problems, especially if you take PPIs or acid-reducing medications on a long-term basis. There's few exceptions where you should be, very, very few people should be on acid-reducing medications. And if you read the label on uh, the small print of, of the labels of these types of medications, they say not to take more than six weeks at a time because it can cause significant uh, vitamin deficiencies, certain vitamin deficiencies. So prednisone is also a factor. So there's certainly medications that can cause these kinds of problems. So foods, infections, uh, medications, and stress can cause a reduction in your immune system as well. And the how long stress has been in your life, if it started in childhood and just persisted over the years, can absolutely reduce your threshold of for stress and your ability to respond and be resilient in terms of handling stress. It becomes less and less when things start in your early childhood. So when it starts and how, how you've learned to adapt to it makes a big difference. So foods, infections, toxins are what you put on your body, what you breathe, and you know, toxins like medications. I've already talked about that. So those those are a variety of things that a handful of things that all can cause inflammation and inflammation can cause a type of stress where then your body responds by increasing cortisol. So when you have an inflammatory response, your body responds to that to bring it down by increasing cortisol and basically having your body, what cortisol does is it tries to bring that inflammation down and activates your immune system to be able to respond in the way, different ways that it can respond to bring that, bring down that inflammation. And that by itself can be problematic in the long run. So there's multiple factors and multiple layers. And it's a matter of looking at all of those layers and, and making changes to address each of those layers once you find them. So what I do is I put a person's history on a timeline and try to figure out which of those factors are paramount for that particular person and create a plan to address each of those layers. And I find that most people get well over time, depending on how long it takes to do that. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, and I have an invitation for you. I know you love the podcast because you're all about Her Brilliant Health Revolution, but did you know that I also have a YouTube channel where you'll learn Her Brilliant Health secrets, things you won't find in your doctor's office. There, I'll share videos with you each week talking about a different tool that you can use to heal, lose weight, increase your energy, and move your health in the right direction towards the brilliant health that you deserve. Find me at youtube.com forward slash Kieran Dunstan, MD. That's K-Y-R-I-N-D. 
D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D. I'll see you there. Welcome back. So there's so many factors that go into creating our mental health. And, you know, I like to explain it in a a little different way that to people that your gut is your second brain. And Mm -hmm. just like your brain is the sensory intake and output center for seeing and speaking and hearing and things like that, your gut, really you're taking the external environment instead of sensing it outside of you, you're putting the external environment inside of you. And so you have the same sensory information going on and recognition in your gastrointestinal tract and that information is being transmitted. So I really see them as kind of just two sides of one whole and they're just detecting various things. And so one is going to affect the other, they really have a similar function. And what it's so important for people to understand is that there's a reason why you're depressed. It's not just because you don't have enough of a certain medication, you don't have a Prozac, enough Prozac. It's because you have these things that Dr. Stein is talking about. And so you need to have a functional evaluation like she does, like I do, where you have your salivary hormones, cortisol, sex hormones looked at, you have your toxin levels looked at, your food sensitivities looked at. You have all of these inputs that are affecting your level of hormone balance and inflammation looked at because when you correct these things, and that's what happened for me, I didn't have anxiety and depression anymore. Right. And that's true for most of my patients. And I would think for yours as well. So most mental health professionals don't work this way. Psychiatrists really have become for better, <laughs> lack of a better term, pill pushers. And they see people for 15 minutes and they write prescriptions. They don't even do psychotherapy. A lot of them, they just send them to psychologists or other mental health professionals. So how can somebody who's kind of in the system, who wants to get out of it and wants a functional evaluation, be their own proponent and take matters into their own hands? What can they do? Well, they can read my book Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they could also go find a functional medicine practitioner through the Institute for Functional Medicine uh, website. It's uh, www.ifm.org. And there is a practitioner locator on there. I'm not sure if you could search specifically for psychiatrists, but a lot of functional medicine um, practitioners are familiar with treating depression and anxiety, chronic depression, chronic anxiety. I think when it gets to the point of having symptoms of bipolar disorder to the point of being hospitalized or schizophrenia, you may want to search specifically for a psychiatrist that is trained in functional medicine. And there is uh, quite a few, actually. I'm part of a group, and I would say I know 50 personally around the country. So that is growing. So even if you wrote, you could put in holistic psychiatrist as if you wanted to Google holistic psychiatrist near me or functional medicine psychiatrist near me, you might be able to find someone. And it's definitely a growing field for sure. Mm -hmm. And so how did you come upon this? Because you're traditionally trained in the the medical, pharmaceutical, surgical model. Mm -hmm. So how did you have this realization that there was more going on here that needed to be looked at? Well, back in 2010, 
my son had a mental health crisis and it was pretty dramatic. He basically overnight became acutely depressed and suicidal. It came to my attention when I saw him standing outside the window on a fifth floor ready to jump. And it was pretty dramatic and frightening. We were actually in France at the time and renting a, a small apartment. And when we got home, I took him to a psychiatrist and you know, he, we got him on literally three or four medications to stabilize him. But in that process, I just knew something else was going on because this happened so quickly. And it wasn't just a mental health issue. It was also, he suddenly couldn't read. He was an avid reader and he just couldn't read anymore. And it's like something is going on with his brain. And I think if that symptom was not there, I, I don't know, maybe things wouldn't have changed as much, but it, it made me very curious about something is different than the, the classic presentation. And so I, I started investigating more and asking questions like, why did this happen? Why, what about this symptom? And I was just getting kind of the hand and, and he, even though the medications helped him to not be suicidal and be less depressed. He then became extremely anxious and having sleep problems. We had to put all of his books on paper, I mean, on audio, from paper to audio for, for him to even go to school because he just couldn't read. I happened to, in my journey, find a functional medicine practice and for a variety of reasons, not just because of him, but also because I was always curious about why some patients weren't getting better and feeling like there's something going on that I just don't know enough about and I need more training. And I happened to come upon this practice that did functional medicine. And I asked him if I could shadow the doctor there. And when I started shadowing, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to mm-hmm. bring my son here. Mm-hmm. And so long story short, <laughs> my son ended up having celiac disease mm. and changing his diet dramatically improved his mood within two months. He was very nutritionally deficient because all he ate all his life was white food, pasta, corn, <laughs> very few to no vegetables, just tons of pasta, corn, dairy, white food. That's it. And he was nutritionally deficient. And he had had constipation all his life and severe eczema all his life. Mm -hmm. And just in the two months, first two months of changing his diet, his constipation completely disappeared. The eczema completely disappeared. The depression and the anxiety took a good year what the reason turned out to be for his reading difficulties is he had double vision. And that took two years, two, a little over two years to completely resolve. And that's the cranial nerves of your eyes. As you know, those are very, really sensitive parts of your you know, brain, you know, your cranial nerves. And it was amazing to see the difference just from a dietary change. But once we did the 5R approach, which is, you know, removing what's causing inflammation, replacing what's missing in order to 
drive to provide the body the raw materials it needs to function efficiently and re-inoculating the gut microbiome and then repairing the gut lining, just doing those four phases and then rebalancing is always going to take much longer. Within two months, there, like I said, the eczema and constipation was gone, but a good year for the depression and anxiety. And he was off of meds pretty soon after that. And uh, so he's not on, and even now he's doing pretty well, not on medications at all. And at that time he was on, on four medications. So once you know these things, <laughs> You can't turn back. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot you cannot uh, no. turn back. You can't just go back to taking, giving people medications. I mean, I still, pers- like I said, I still prescribe medications, but it's very, very rare. And it's really in very, you know, serious situations or in situations where people can't function or they need to just not be in distress, you know, to uh, to control the distress that people have. And so how... How is your son now? He's doing very well. He has his ups and downs in college when he was in college. So this happened in 2010 and he's graduated college a couple of years ago. He did have his, you know, his down, his, he was a lot of stress senior year. He was off his sleep schedule as most college students are <laughs> and, you know, drinking alcohol. And so the, that combination and then uh, not eating as well as he would normally do because, you know, you want to go out with your friends and you want to bring attention to yourself about your dietary restrictions that he started eating gluten, dairy, and soy was a big problem for him as well. So gluten, dairy, and soy. And uh, so he by the by the time he graduated, he needed a good three months to get back on track. So he wasn't feeling good. He did have symptoms of depression, anxiety, and sleep problems and fatigue and a lot of IBS symptoms. But he knew exactly what he needed to do to get back mm-hmm. on track. So, you know, you make your choices and then there's going to be consequences, especially when you're, right. you know, already vulnerable in that way. And so, you know, you do end up after a while, once you do feel well, it is finding, you know, where, what your triggers are and, and what you can tolerate, how much you can tolerate and some things you might find like, nope, I can't do that anymore. You know, so you learn through this process. That's why it is a journey, right? Yes. I always say health is a journey, not a destination. And hopefully people listening today, if you or a loved one has some mental health issue, now you have some information that you can take to maybe seek other options for healing the root cause of it. And tell everyone what they'll find in your book and about your Healthy Self Boot Camp before we finish up. So my book is basically a guide to find answers and solutions for people who It's called What If It's Not Depression, Your Guide to Finding Answers and Solutions. For people who are really tired of going from doctor to doctor to doctor and being given an antidepressant, and it's not just for depression. People are given an antidepressant for all sorts of reasons, and that's not the best solution. It's it's a a part of a solution, perhaps, is the best way to describe what an antidepressant should be. So, uh, and hopefully it's temporary and not long-term. But I also created a companion program that is videos to explain much of what the book is about. And basically the book walks you through all the different steps that you need to, to go through. But 
it starts with even creating your own timeline and being a detective. It helps you to figure out what the issues are for you specifically and outlines what to do with those things that you have found. So the companion program through the Healthy Self Bootcamp is a series of videos that people can watch and learn more details of what is outlined in the book. Fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing all this great information. We will have links in the show notes. Dr. Achina Stein, it's been wonderful to have you and shed some light on what is one of your favorite sayings about how every crisis is also an opportunity. And you certainly experienced that. And I did too in my health. So it's certainly a part of my journey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a really great pleasure. And I really hope that everyone could benefit uh, from what we've talked about. For sure they will. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic. It's science.